1: If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punchlist MMA podcast. I'm co-host Dale Lippin in here with Trey Van Buskirk, rock and roll man. What's up, dude?
2: Ooh, brutal week last week, but you know what, dude? You gotta wear <laughs> you gotta wear it on your sleeve and move forward. We gotta we gotta take this next week
1: and just crush it, dude. I think we are gonna crush it. We did, we did we did get uh, we did get stomped out uh, last week. It was it was it was not pretty. But, you know, that's the game. That's betting. It happens. Uh, You know, it really looked, I mean, 30 seconds into the Josh Emmett, Shane Burgos fight. Josh Emmett completely rips his ACL in half. It seemed like a foregone conclusion. Even then, I thought Burgos won round one and two. That's my personal opinion. Um, It makes it a little difficult because obviously we're putting money on things. But all that to say. Uh, we will bounce back even stronger this week. Trey, do, before we get in, this, do want to let you know that I am feeling a little sleepy. I'm going to try to match your energy level as best I possibly can. Um, I'm feeling a little sleepy. I had two center-cut loin pork chops from Stay Classy Meats for dinner tonight. So I got a belly full of pork, uh, grilled some corn. It was delicious, man. Absolutely fantastic. Stay Classy Meats, best stuff on earth. I will not... Uh, you'll never hear me say anything else, man. You know, we watched it. I watched a YouTube video the other night. It was like the 10 best steakhouses on earth and they were showing all these steaks. And I was like, you know what? It's just going to be hard pressed if I go to one and I pay that kind of money. Right. I think like the most expensive one was like average cost was like 420 bucks a person. If I go and eat a $420 steak and it does not taste as good as a steak, classy steak, I'm going to put my finger down my throat and throw it back up on the table and you're giving me a refund.
2: I feel like next week you're going to come with like bleach blonde hair and you're going to look like Guy Fieri. and that's the new, that's the phase you're headed towards.
1: Absolutely. Well, I actually do already, um, I was going to wait till we did the manscaped ad read to say this, but I do dye my pubes and call my low zone flavor town. Oh, <laughs> oh man. What a, what a Tuesday. <laughs> so anyway, guys, go to Steak classy meets, use promo code fist, save 10% on the entire thing. It's absolutely fantastic. Best stuff on earth. Uh, you know, just no GMO, no hormone, the way the way the good Lord intended great quality meat to be. StayClassyMeats.com, promo code FIST, saving you
2: 10%. Also, guys, we know that treating your body well and putting something inside you is a benefit, but putting something on top of you as well is super of benefit, and we have just partnered with Allegiance. Guys, if you're not a, uh, a familiar with Allegiance, Allegiance draws from years and years of experience and heritage in the garment industry. They have the sickest clothes on the planet. It's not flamboyant. It's not out there. We're not pushing some type of affliction tap out bullshit. This is for the action sports lover at heart, for the moto guy, the surf, the skate, the snow, and of course, mixed martial arts. And guys, they are backing us, and we want to back you guys. Go to their website, which is allegianceclothing.com. Type in the code PUNCH. You're going to get 15% off their entire site. Again, that's allegianceclothing.com. Type in the code PUNCH. Get 15% off. And I'm telling you guys, coming out of quarantine, everyone's going to look like shit. This is this is going to make you look like pretty rad dude back on the streets.
1: Are we talking about an American-owned and operated place? Of course,
2: dude. Why would we put anything else in association to this brand? I just want to make sure.
1: And are they vet-friendly?
2: Uh, they are. They actually a lot of their fan base comes from the first responders and military uh, men and women out there.
1: Okay, so I just wanna make sure, so it's a vet-friendly American owned and operated business.
2: Yeah, should there be any other type of business?
1: I'm just, I just wanna make sure. And what was the code again? It is
2: punch and it'll get you 15% off at allegianceclothing.com.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. All right, dude, let's hop into this event, man, Let's, let's knock this thing out real quick. We've had a, you know, it was a wild week. There was a lot of fights announced as well, so we can chit chat on some of those. But let's recap a little tiny bit about what happened last week before we get into this week's bets. Curtis Blades uh, drew the ire of Dana White. Dana White said – I'm going to unpack some of what Dana White said, but I just want to get your take on some of these things here. But Dana White basically said that Curtis Blades actually hurt his stock given his performance uh, last week. Are you buying into that? Because to me – and as you, know, as you know, we got into a lot of a lot of heat online with this. Is that my personal opinion? Is that there is a uh, there is just as big amount of dominance in beating somebody up for twenty five minutes as there is knocking them out in thirteen seconds. I, I mean,
2: I, I totally agree, and you, you actually stated that on our Instagram. I think that, of course. Everyone wants to be a showman. I think Dana White wants that. He wants the bloods, gut, and gore. But Curtis Blades had a plan. He enacted it perfectly. He weathered the storm of going into the fourth and the fifth round with lack thereof cardio, but stuck to the game plan and got it done. So I don't understand how you can how you can, you know, make this not look good for him. The only thing that I could say for Curtis Blades is maybe you came into fight week a little bit heavy by stating, hey, I'm gonna rag doll people. Just say you're gonna win the fucking fight.
1: But even then, he called his shot. Listen, it's not akin to a Babe Ruth finger point calling a home run. But if you come in and say you're, you know, don't bother tuning in if you're looking to see a knockout. I'm going to ragdoll this dude for 25 minutes. He got 14 takedowns in a fight. Alexander Volkov is a six foot seven, 250-pound former M1 global and Bellator champ. And he got dominated from bell to bell. For 25 minutes. I you know, you get into it with the trolls online that say things like, you know, oh, he was gassed after the third round and this, that, and the other. Well, listen to what I just said. Alexander Volkov is a six foot seven, two hundred and fifty-pound man that's a professionally trained champion fighter that was trying to separate you from consciousness. 15 minutes is a long time to fight him. 25 minutes is an eternity. And he did exactly what he said he was going to do, dominate for 25 minutes. And that's as, as impressive of a performance as you're ever likely to see inside the octagon. The only problem is is that he said, you know, you can't deny him after Francis. And it seems like everybody else seemed to interpret this as if he thought beating Volkov was going to have him leapfrog Francis. But Blades himself admits Francis is next, then it's got to be me. So I really don't see the problem.
2: The only problem is it's a moot point, dude. This the The fight between Blades, which would be the third fight, Probably wouldn't happen until 2021, like summer. So he's got to be active. He's got to find something else. We can we can get analytical in regards to whether he should have come out more aggressive or done something outside of wrestling. But at the end of the day, he got the win over, like you said, a six foot seven beast. And uh, yeah, it's on his record.
1: Yeah. Also, are we under uh, one more thing about Dana White? Are we at the point where Dana's old enough? like has reached old man status now that he's allowed to call everybody a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, he, true. he kept calling Curtis Blades and the kid said this, the kid said that. They can't be more, are they more than 20 years apart? I mean, because I, th- I feel like 20, 20 years is where you can, you can still call somebody else a kid. Like if there's a 20 year gap then you can call somebody a kid is that the is that the age number what what do you think the gap is before it's like condescending that you're calling him a kid
2: i don't think there's an age gap i think it's a i like to call it a douchebag power move Hmm. you call a kid a a, you call a person a kid you call a man a kid that knocks him down a couple
1: pegs yeah it's almost like when you call somebody buddy or chief and they're not actually buddy or a chief yeah, that's all. It's not quite fighting words, but it's pretty close. It's pretty close. The kid said this. The kid said that. And I I don't know, man. And then the fact that he said that he went out there and he looked like shit, I just, I don't agree. I thought it was a stand-up performance. Um, on the flip side of that, since we're talking about age, last thing about first time ever, man, Clay Guida looked old. First time I've seen him look old. I was all hyped up on the Clay Guida train. Uh, I thought cardio output and wrestling would be enough, and he could not secure takedowns against I'm still I still don't like Bobby Green. I still don't think he's that great. Um, And Clay just could not get it done in a fight. I thought was super winnable for him. Man.
2: Yeah. uh, Wrestling pace was there, but the takedown wasn't. And I think every single time he tried to go for a double ended up against the cage and kind of more of like a stall and just couldn't get muster that extra energy to bring it down to the
1: mat. Yeah, I will say this. One of the trends that I've been seeing, especially since we've reached this quarantine status, is that the more flamboyant you are in the cage, it seems that judges are swaying that. They're 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 weighing this this flamboyant, laxadaisical attitude. They're treating that as if that's somehow more effective, right? So like we saw it like in the Nate weird Darren Elkins fight. we see we saw it with the Bobby, we see with Bobby Green. We're, we're seeing it a lot more if fighters act like they're not concerned about their opponent if they're acting like they're not worried about what's happening or you know if they showboat a little bit it seems to be being rewarded because i still think that the clay weed and bobby green fight was was a lot closer than what we were seeing
2: i i think that to a certain degree i, I mean this is a redundant conversation because yeah. the judging has been atrocious over the past four events and i think sure. we saw this into the max Roshkoff fight as well how they scored the first two rounds for Hubbard, you know, before it was the, you know, the infamous phrase, the call it, you know, I think that Max clearly won that first round. I think his coach was in the right by saying, Hey, it's split. Let's go into the third. Let's do this. But to back to your point, I think the judging was off again. I think that to your point, again, the flamboyancy, the outlandishness, the, you know, Nate Diaz, you know, middle fingers to the sky, that'll score you some points and apparently in the eyes of these judges.
1: Yeah, it's 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 just it's such a weird time, and I'm glad you brought up the Roscoff thing. I think, I think everything that transpired there. I mean, I know we initially posted like how many times a guy said he doesn't want to fight before you actually call the fight, but I I I think that that's a very thin line um, between you know setting him up for failure and doing what he knowing what's best for your fighter. Um, You know, Drysdale has since gone on to say, you know, he knew, you know, that this guy. In his mind, was just down on himself because that's the way he is, and that he could have he could have pushed through. But you, you know, the flip side of that is, is, if you're Ross Coffin, you say, "I don't have it tonight. I can't win. I don't want to take un- unjust punishment." That's something else as well. But it is one of those things. It, you know, a lot of people were putting it like in an Anthony Smith style category, and I don't think it was that kind of situation at all. Um, like like Max Griffin said when we spoke to him, it wasn't like he was getting the shit kicked out him. Like that was just an uncompetitive you aren't going to ever win this fight or you could make the argument that that max won that first round so just because you had a really bad second round does not necessarily mean that you're out of this fight you know keep it going at least try to anyway uh, but drysdale's are drysdale's a, a well-respected coach former fighter competitor um, and nobody knows your fighter like a coach does. So if he thought he, you know, pushed it and the other thing too, and i I know I'm getting wordy here and I just want to say this is that what we saw was a 20 second vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. It was just a 20 second interaction where he said, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. It wasn't like, it wasn't like he was gassing him up for weeks prior. There was some guy that was training in a garage and he was out there. Like we see on some of these like YouTube clips and stuff like that, where it's a guy has, has no business being in a cage. Roskov has championship material within him. He just was down on himself, and we saw a vacuum of an interaction.
2: Yeah, and I think you know this actually is very, very. Uh, it, it coincides a lot with how twenty twenty is unfolded right now. I'm talking outside <laughs> the cage. We all have become so reactionary on any type of thing. It's disgusting. Sure. And I'll I'll be the first to raise my hand and have it have it slap back down. I got a bit reactionary that it took, you know, nine or ten times uh for Drysdale to get it through his head that Max should go into the third round, and try and win this thing. Sure. The thing is, Drysdale said it the best. He said, you know what? I knew, I know, I have a relationship unlike anyone else knows that I have with Max. I have a certain code language. I have something that I've worked on the gym with him. I know where he's, I know the depths of his most tired moments. I have the I know where his breaking point is. I know from the health safety perspective, he seemed fine to go. I think that, you know, Drysdale, he said it best in the fact that imagine if I was able to get Max to go into the third round, and he lays out, lays out Hubbard. I'd be, you know, known as one of the greatest coaches of all time by right. you know going over the mental gap and then showing it from a physical perspective as well. I think that we all need to calm down. We all need to stop being reactionary, and we got to understand that there's a relationship inside that octagon that we know nothing about.
1: Sure. I'm with you 110%, man. I think you're absolutely right on. And for those that want to see what good cornering looks like, I encourage anybody to look up Teddy Atlas or watch any fight where Teddy Atlas is a cornerman. You want to hear some of the best in-between rounds, advice, adjustments, and motivation, look no further than Teddy Atlas. Um, For those of you that are hardcore MMA stands and don't know much about boxing, Teddy Atlas is the absolute man. Um, his, His thing where he's talking, I forget, I think it was... I can't remember where he was talking about where he's – I think it was Timothy Bradley where he was talking about being a fireman. Dude, that makes me want – I will – a Kool-Aid man through my own wall here (laughs) listening to that. Um, It's absolutely out of control. All right, so let's get into this UFC Fight Night at the Apex, UFC Vegas 4, if you're following along hashtag-wise on Twitter and Instagram, come fight night. Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker. This was a fight that was supposed to take place in your backyard pre-COVID-19, so we're a little upset about that. Um, but we are in Vegas, and we are doing UFC uh, Fight Night Vegas for Hooker versus Poirier. Let's get into this real quick. It's weird, Trey, because they've only got four fights listed on the main card, which is different. Normally we see a five-fight main card. This one's only four. That doesn't mean that we don't have picks and plays on a lot of these, but what we want to do, because there's been some confusion amongst the people between what we're doing here on the show. So let me break it down real quick. We're giving insight as, to, as far as to who we think we're, is going to win the fights. But there are specific fights that we think that we should bet on. Now, admittedly, we have not been very clear on that listening back through some audio. So we are going to make it more apparent, abundantly apparent as to when we're picking a winner and when we are picking something that we want to view as a something that we should bet on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So,
2: guys, we're going to go through this this card right here. We'll go through the main card only Um if, in fact, you have any questions on the prelims, you can reach out to us on our social and we'll give you the insight. Obviously, we have plays for that. But what we want to do is obviously keep this in a very condensed format and, you know, put the focal point on the fights that a lot of viewers are tuned into, which is the main card.
1: Yeah. All right. So first fight kicking off the main card is Maurice Green taking on Jean Volante. Uh, Maurice Green, the crochet boss. Uh eight and four versus John Vellante. Light heavyweight that's making his heavyweight debut, 17 and eleven, Chris Weidman's right hand man. Uh fantastic camp coming out of long or Sarah Longo right now. You got Al Sterling, you got Marab. Can John Vellante ride the momentum here, Trey, and get three wins in a row for Sarah Longo MMA? You know, this fight is
2: amazing. To kick off the main card because you're gonna have two guys that Don't have very much cardio, as we see in a majority, I guess, of heavyweights. But what they lack in cardio, they highlight in power. This fight's going to be straight up kill or be killed. Do I think that it's going to go the the withstand of time? Do I think it's going to go three rounds? No. I think after one and a half rounds, both these guys are going to look like a dehydrated Spongebob. Like, that's what it's going to look like. It's going to look fucking (laughs) disgusting. So I think what you have to look at is... There's a massive size discrepancy between these two. And I think when you look at Volante, who's moving up from light heavyweight to heavyweight, is he going to be able to close the distance in a guy that has a crazy reach and actually has to cut down to 265 to be a heavyweight? I think you know to close that distance is going to be tough, but I do think that we have to look at Volante and look at his wrestling background. He hasn't utilized it as of recently, but if he does use it, I think throwing some feints there is going to throw Maurice Green off his game and leave him wide open.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Uh, since 2018, Jean Vellante has been on a win-one-lose-one tear. Uh, so he is technically due for the win, given the trend of win-one-lose-one, win-one-lose-one. This should be a win. Uh, Maurice Green coming off two straight losses uh, to... Uh, what was it? It was uh, he lost to Alexia Linick and then was it Sergey Pavlovic or something to like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's lost two in a row. Both of these guys are in desperate need of a win. Very rare instance here, Trey. Something that I actually really like in this fight. The over/under in a heavyweight fight on a sm- in a small cage is coming in at two and a half. Oh. I like the under here. Here's where here's where things are getting different. I want to bet on the under two and a half. That's what I want to bet on.
2: Yes. Yes. I 100% agree. You know, this is, again, a guy going up from light heavyweight to heavyweight, two massive size discrepancies. But again, cardio is going to be a huge thing here. And I was sure that Vegas would be smart enough to put it at one and a half, because like you said, someone needs to make a statement, so they need to do it quick. You know, this is quarantine training at its finest, under two and a half is very safe.
1: Yeah. All right, so let's move it on. Uh, let's let's do the let's do. Are you still picking a winner for this fight, though? Do you have somebody that you think is going to win the fight? Not to bet to win, but just somebody you think is going to win here.
2: Uh, sir, I would like to take Volante.
1: You can take Volante. Six foot three on a good day, standing up straight with heels, against six foot seven, cutting weight to make heavyweight limit. Maurice Green, you're taking Jean Volante.
2: <laughs> FYI, this dude was such an amazing middle linebacker that the giants the eagles they all wanted him but you know he took the he took the road less traveled and now he's going to be a winning person on vegas four
1: okay gotcha all right john Volante is trey's pick in that fight but the bet is under two and a half total for the fight okay let's let's keep this thing moving the last second replacement here or fairly last second uh brendan allen taking on kyle i'm gonna Butcher this last name until I hear Anik actually say it out loud. But I'm going to go with Dalkus. Um, yeah. I'll go with Kyle Dalkus here. Uh, taking on Brendan Allen. Undefeated is Kyle Dalkus at 9-0. and Fought on Dana White's contender series back in uh, this time last year, 2019. But did not earn himself despite a 30-25 in a 30-26 on the cards in Dana White's contender series. Did not win himself a spot in the UFC. Went on in some lower-level promotions to get two more wins. And here he is stepping in short notice, replacing Ian Heinish, taking on Brendan Allen, who is surging, who is popular, uh, who has all of the momentum right now. And he's coming in, you know, basically into the heart of the Lions then to take on Brendan Allen here. Trey, the odds aren't great on this fight. I'm not necessarily short sure something that we want to bet on, but let's talk about who we think is going to win this fight.
2: Well, I think Brendan Allen is pretty much a shoe in for this fight. But you know, I know we struggle with Kyle's last name. I'm just going to change his last name right now to Kyle Dars. This guy has the slickest Dars choke of all time. I think um, that's what you got to look out for. You got to be careful of him on the ground. This guy literally snatches up. Charles is like egg waffles at breakfast. It's unbelievable how quick he is. You know, Brennan Allen, I don't think, I think based on what we saw in the last fights with James, these short notice fighters are going to come in and try and bang right away because they know their cardio is not there. Granted, he's had a week under him, but I think Brennan Allen's smart enough to say, hey, I need to be a little bit methodical. I'm going to play to my strengths. I don't see this, you know, being stopped. I actually like a decision for this, um, but I do see it uh, going in the way of Brennan Allen.
1: Okay, Last time uh, Brendan Allen lost by submission was against Trevin Giles mm. in Legacy FC. That was back in 2016. So it's been a minute since my man's lost by submission. But doesn't mean it can't happen on Saturday night. However, given the odds for this fight, just to give you a breakdown, Dalkus is sitting at a plus 240. Brendan Allen at a minus 300. Over, under on rounds is at one and a half. Personally, man, I don't... I don't like it, a round play here because Brendan Allen can start fast um, or he can get caught while they're dry in a Darce choke and we could see the under hit. Um, or, you know, like you said, a decision is probably most likely here. But even then, I don't I'm not crazy about making a play there. So no, no bet for this fight whatsoever. Correct. Right. And I mean, there's no
2: value even if you have all your chips on the Brendan Allen play. It's just not worth it.
1: Right. Minus 300. Yeah, you're just coming back on a a pretty low return on investment there. All right. Let's go to the main event, man. Uh, Not the main event. or I'm not sorry, not the main event. The co-main event. Uh, Not the co-main event that everybody wanted. To be honest with you, this is a strange matchup. I'm not even sure I understand this booking um, other than just wanting to see both of these guys more active on the UFC roster. But Mickey Gall... Of all people, uh, sitting at 6-2, and two, taking on Mike Platinum Perry at 13-6. and six. Dude, I don't know what to do with this fight, man. Uh, Gall sitting at a plus 250 underdog. Uh, I, I know you've got some strong feelings about it, and I'll let you get to those. Mike Perry at a minus 310, a massive favorite over Mickey Gall here. Is this an underdog to watch kind of situation?
2: This absolutely is.
1: And the reason this thing is booked because it's the
2: quintessential confliction in styles. You have a striker versus a grappler. Mickey Gall striking, I don't want to say it's bad. It's just not great. Mike Perry, great striking. But what Mike Perry lacks is what Mickey Gall has as his main tool in his tool belt, and that's his grappling. There are certain levels to jiu-jitsu. This guy who fights out of Gracie, New Jersey, I mean, I followed him two years ago when he was a brown belt, and I was shocked that he wasn't a black belt. There's levels. It's not stripes on a belt. It's literally there's tears within your belt. Right. And this guy got his black belt last year. He is dirty on the ground. And he knows that Mike Perry's a great striker. So he's got to do anything he can with his massive frame and his long reach to somehow get a double, get a single, bring this to the ground. And I think it's going to be a long night for Perry. And can I say – I. Outside of, like, the, the technique that Mike Perry has, I'm going to be shocked if he actually makes it to the Octagon. This guy is freaking on a bender right now with yeah. a new chick who's possibly going to be his, his corner man, I've heard. You know, this is a very, like, Diego Sanchez-esque thing we got going on here. But Sure. Mike Perry showing videos of him all bloodied up on his face. I wouldn't be surprised if this thing gets called off because he gets in a fight with a Walmart greeter because the guy didn't say, what up, dog? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this could get ugly. If it does happen, I really like Mickey Gall in this fight,
1: though. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and make this uh, this this um, this connection. Mike Perry reminds me of Tiago Silva. Okay. and and those of you who don't remember Tiago Silva, Tiago Silva was an absolute animal inside the cage. uh, And he was either feast or famine. It was either super violent knockout or he was getting finished hugely troubled outside of the cage. Personal life was a wreck in trouble with the law. Uh, I, we haven't seen Mike Perry get in trouble with the law because I low, like I low key think that Mike Perry has got a little bit of bitch in him. Oh, dude, I do. And i draw tell the you,
2: line. I,
1: <laughs> listen, listen, I tell you, I tell you this because nobody acts as in their feelings as Mike Perry does in on, at least online, anyway. There's female fighters in the UFC that block less people for saying dirty stuff than Mike Perry does. Like Mike Perry blocks everybody. He is so in his feelings about everything. Like Mike Perry, I'm, I don't even know his middle name, but I bet it's Kyle. Those cuts that he had, <laughs> those cuts that he had, were for punch from punching drywall, and he probably headbutt the door that his girl locked when she locked herself in the bathroom after getting four away from monster him. drinks after he just he's pounding monster energy drinks and slamming drywall i i don't listen man i i just i don't know if there's a guy more confused about who he is or what he's feeling in his body like he reminds me of like how i felt at 13 and 14 like i just don't know what to do with myself i'm so angry and i don't know why like mike perry like listens to like like if you were to like grab a hold of Mike Perry's Spotify playlist. It's probably nothing but old DMX and Linkin Park. And oh, like, e- like Pop, that's Papa Roach is on there for he, sure. Yeah, it, absolutely. That's that's probably what happened. Is He probably listened to Cut My Life into Pieces and decided he was just going to start, start <laughs> punching walls. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Mike Perry is a mess, man. I'm seriously <laughs> concerned for that guy. It's not good. it's not it's not good at all Uh, he's absolutely mike perry's walking out the papa roach
2: (laughs) oh dude for sure yeah there's no doubt
1: (laughs) all right outstanding so underdog to watch on mickey gall that is an upset alert at plus 250 yep gotcha all right so let's talk about our final play of the night something we are actually going to play two official plays on the night first was the Maurice green John Vellante under two and a half this one Dustin the diamond Poirier taking on Dan the hangman hooker I got some strong words to say about this fight but before we get into that Dan Hooker plus 170 Dustin the diamond Poirier making his comeback after the Khabib lost a few months back minus 210 over under on rounds two and a half Trey Mm,
2: okay well yeah this is a fight that's been in the works for a while and and I say that because if you remember back to UFC 243 um, Dan Hooker, when he beat uh, Rage and Al, called Dustin out. So mm-hmm. this has been something that's been on his his wall for a while. I think uh, it's the time. It's hard. It's hard because I really thought Felder beat Hooker in that last fight. So it's hard to uh, kind of watch this come to fruition. This was Felder's fight to to take part in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I commend Dustin on taking this fight because this is a really tough fight. Uh, Dan Hooker is a very awkward dude. He's a guy that. Uh, has a lot of reach and a lot of range, and he utilizes his kickboxing to not allow you to come in. The Ooh. problem is Dustin Poirier likes to close the distance and utilize his boxing. So if he can't get in there, that's a that's an issue. And if you recall, the last time that Dustin Poirier fought a guy with a larger reach, it was Michael Johnson, and he got knocked out. Yeah. Before that, he lost to a person with a larger reach in McGregor. He doesn't do well with guys that have a longer reach than him, and he can't close the distance. So this fight's a little bit scary for Poirier. I will say the well, more re- well-roundedness and the wrestling could be a saving grace here.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think the 25-foot cage is definitely going to work against him here. Poirier has really been relying on his footwork lately. He has not shown um, himself to react very well to being stalked, and, po- and Hooker definitely wants to stalk him in this fight. He's going to have to make those adjustments. He's going to have to get... Dan Hooker's respect early um, he said that he's never fought in front of uh, no crowd before he's looking forward to it because he wants to hear hooker grunt when he gets hit to the body so you, that to me says that Poirier's is planning on a longer fight right mm-hmm. he saw the Edson Barboza tape. He saw the Paul Felder tape. It's out there on how to beat Dan Hooker, but it will be a war of attrition. You have to go heart for heart for him. You have to go chin for chin to get him out of there. I don't think Poirier separates him from consciousness and knocks him out clean. Uh, I worry about the accumulation of damage on both of these guys. I would expect a Max Holloway... uh, style fight coming from dan hooker this dustin poirier dan hooker fight is going to look like a dollar store version of dustin poirier versus max holloway is yeah. is, is my opinion on how this fight plays out all that to say the over under on rounds trays at two and a half i think taking the over two and a half is the bet to make on this fight yeah absolutely absolutely
2: i will say hooker is a little bit scary he has knockout power i mean if you forget July 11th coming up, the main event: Kamara Usman Gilbert Burns. He knocked out Gilbert Burns, so he has that power in his fist. Um, right. But I don't think that uh Poirier is going to play that game. I know he's going to be put from distance. um The over at two and a half. I'm shocked that it's that low. So yeah, that is a safe play above it.
1: Yeah, I think the two and a half is what does that. I think the or I think the 25 foot cage is what I meant to say is what does that. Let me talk about Dan Hooker for a second though. Um. Since the Jessica, I like for a while, Jessica, I has been one of the least liked fighters on the UFC roster Um, from her voice to the things that she says to her actions. People just tend to not like her. Right. She seems disingenuous at times. Um, She talked all about all that shit about, you know, being unprofessional and missing weight. And then she missed weight. People just tend to not like her. Yeah. Am I wrong in like feeling like Dan Hooker's annoying? Like. Does he come across as entitled? Does he come across as annoying? Like he, the way he just talks about how he's, I'm going to do this and I deserve that and I should be here and this, that. And do you? I'm, am I wrong in feeling that way? Because I feel like sometimes when I hear him talk, I'm just like, dude, just slow down, man. Stay in your lane for a minute. Uh, it's it's more
2: heightened, and you feel it because he fights sweethearts. I mean, you want to be best friends with Paul Felder, you want to be best friends with Dustin Poirier. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he was fighting an asshole, you would just almost look lateral. But
1: God, he's fighting the sweetest guys on the human on the on the planet. Right. Yeah, he is fighting nice guys, so that is that is one thing. Um, but that's the. But I just I don't know. Every time he talks, I'm just kind of like, I just don't know if I could ever be friends with you in real life because you just sound like a tool. And then like, so case in point. Um, and I just, this is a completely anecdotal observation here and it means nothing as far as he goes. Um, so you know, my brother, um, he's currently in nursing school. So he was, he was, he had finals coming up and I was going to do a cameo, get a cameo from, uh, an actress that he likes that's like a way to like pump him up for finals. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Dan Hooker was on cameo at the time. I don't know if he is now or not, but he wanted, I think it was $2,500 for like a 30-second thing on Cameo. Hmm. How do you feel about yourself to make your price point that? Now, I know it's not that now. I think it's different. But at that time, initially, I don't know if this is what he first initially said, $2,500 to hear you talk for 30 seconds? How, do you, how does your head fit through the door? What kind of pillow? you got to lay on a custom pillow with a head that big. And there, there's no sex involved. None. <laughs> no news. No news even.
2: Crazy. $2,500? Oh my I'm,
1: God. I'm pretty sure that's what he had it at. I'm pretty sure that's what he had. Because I, I, I remember thinking, this is such an egregious amount of money for a UFC fighter, for any UFC fighter, outside of like, you know, Connor or somebody like that to ask for. But dude, 25, I mean, come on, man. That just can't be right. That can't no. be right. No. So I just, I don't know. I, it it was it was frustrating. He's he's so he hasn't even brought it. it he's barely brought it down. He wants a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars on cameo to do something to just just uh, whatever, however long these things are thirty seconds, a minute, whatever it may be. A thousand like you think <laughs> Floyd Mayweather made less per second in the ring than that. But what's
2: <laughs> what's what's the appropriate value for yourself? I'm not going to list myself for fifty bucks. I'm worth more than that. You think I'm worth more than that, right, Bud?
1: I do, but not <laughs> just, just do. Listen, you can pick up your phone and go, you know, hey, such and such random person, you're going to crush it this week. Congrats! Happy birthday! Uh, sorry, your dog died. Whatever it is, maybe may you know what I mean. You're going to crush it. You know, woohoo! Watch season six of The Office and hit and done. And make a couple hundred bucks, but a thousand dollars for Dan the Hangman hooker, $2,500 initially? Come on, man.
2: Oh, no. If that was the case, I'd be, I'd say, Dan, I want you to sing happy birthday. I want it, Celine Dion type happy birthday. I want it, acoustics and everything, all good to
1: go. Absolutely. So, I mean, you personally, right? You you being a, a smart talented man right that that you yes. are yes. what do you feel your time is worth like if, if you yourself were a commodity how much do you legitimately all jokes aside think that you're worth an hour how much oh. do you think you're worth an hour well of course i'm going to be truthful on the podcast <laughs> i don't know 20 bucks 20 bucks an hour right yeah that seems reasonable right like, I, i'll work i'll come get a little cheap and dirty right now probably gonna say 20 bucks 20 bucks an hour right so that doesn't does that break out to a thousand dollars every every thirty seconds? No, that's no, ridiculous. If I sing Happy Birthday, they might pay me more. Exactly. Still, I'd give you five bucks to hear you sing Happy Birthday in an anecdotal way. Maybe if we were like out at a Mexican place and you told them it was your birthday and it wasn't, so I could hear you sing Happy Birthday. Maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe might give you five bucks or buy you a beer. But I'm, uh, I'm not going to give you a thousand dollars. It's just not going to happen.
2: Not going to happen.
1: I'll give you, you $1,000 as a friend, as a loan, with 10% juice. But...
2: <laughs> oh,
1: man. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Before we get too far into this, I do have a prelim parlay that I like um, that I'm going to play. Again, not one of our official plays, but something I'm going to play. If you want to take it, absolutely. feel for, feel uh, If you feel so inclined, please do. I'm going to play, Trey... Luis Pena taking on comma Worthy. I'm going to take Luis Pena. Uh, Tanner Boser is taking on Philippe Lins. I'm going to take Philippe Lins. And then Sean Woodson is taking on a last-second replacement, Julian Arosa. Uh, erosa has got a wealth of experience at 22-7, Sean Woodson at 7-0. But I actually like Sean Woodson in this fight. I think it's worth a flyer. Julian Arrosa is going to bring that line that much tighter. I'm going to take Sean Woodson, Philippe Lins, and Luis Pena. As it stands right now, that's at about a plus 250. I look for that line to get a little bit bigger as we get closer. But I'm going to play a small, me personally, I'm going to play a small amount on Luis Pena, Philippe Lins, and Sean Woodson as a parlay.
2: Yeah, anytime you put Luis Pena, Violent Bob Ross in there, you're going to paint a little bush over there and you can put some cash in your pocket over there, man. Right, right. No happy
1: little accidents. All of that is uh, on purpose, <laughs> the, the, the W's that you're getting there. All right, Trey, let's put a bow on this bad boy. Um, Father's Day came and went. We want to give some more stuff away. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. Okay, so we're in the process of giving some stuff away. Um, we want to give away some stuff from our other show sponsor, Manscaped. Is that right? we do okay would you like me to go over the details of the contest bring it bring it on all right guys if you have already done some of these things you do not have to do it again but here's what we're going to do between now and this this time next week so next wednesday we will put up a manscaped post all right keep that in mind Uh, if you have not already done so Leave us a five star review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to us. If you leave us a five star review, that automatically enters you to win the Manscaped Prize Pack valued at over $100. All right. If you have already left us a five star review, that's fantastic. You are already entered. If you want to leave us a five star review and write something, we can then see your username and then. Shout you out on the show to tell us that way. If you leave us a five-star review or have left us a five-star review and have not written anything out, do not worry. When we post the Manscape post, all you have to do is go into the comment section and type out the word done. That's all you need to do. That counts as your entry. We will announce the winners next week on the show that person will be getting a Manscaped prize pack valued at over a hundred bucks. Trey, am I leaving anything out of this contest?
2: No, guys, I know that you haven't spent time on your undercarriage. I know that you're you're not all shaved down and uh, ready to go to get out of quarantine. This is your chance. Don't spend $100. Just leave a five-star review. And hey, the more creative your review, the better. Tell me I'm worth more than $20 tell dale he's there's you can't even put a price tag on him you can even that's if,
1: pretty i'm pretty cheap actually you're pretty cheap you're <laughs> yeah. i do for a good burger and a beer
2: <laughs> yeah probably I'd, i'll take the same yeah put that in the review five star review hit us up on social write the word done and you got yourself the trimmer you got the duster you got the ball spritzer you got the mesh boxers you're gonna get everything
1: absolutely absolutely um I'm going to read you a a conversation I had uh, DM-wise regarding this. So it says, hey, man, I just got my Manscaped trimmer. I remember you saying I could go all out, but did you actually touch this thing to your nuts? Because I got my skin nicked one time by a trimmer, and I'm very hesitant. Ah. And I said, are you going to leave the guard on? He said, should I? And I said, well, I would until you get comfortable using it. Okay. So he said, well... I saw you say it says that you can only go flat against your skin, but with the guard, I can go on. I said, with the guard on, I go wild up to and including my butt's hole. And he was like, wow, that's a testimony. If I've ever heard one fast forward to two days later, I get a text message. Hey man, I just wanted to let you know that the trimmer's on the charger right now because I used it and went absolutely crazy. It's actually tits. Thanks for the promo. Wow.
2: You, you had me a little bit nervous. I thought he was going to say, hey, man, I'm looking at the photos you sent me. It
1: doesn't look that <laughs> close. It's not that clean of shape. It's not <laughs> that close of a shape. So, uh, but yeah, shout out to uh, show listener and user Jake's de Appreciate you reaching out about the, the Manscaped trimmer, man. Um, if you guys want, you know, Want to take advantage of that anyway. Uh, Take advantage of our promo code. If you've got other things that you want to buy, they have foot deodorant, other things. Um, They've got the weed whacker now, which is an ear and nose trimmer. Um, You can use our promo code, which is punch. It'll save you 20% off everything and you'll get your free shipping. It's a great promo code. Encourage you to use it. Last thing, Trey, before we put an absolute wrap on this thing. I know I keep saying that. We keep going over. Jordan Griffin with a quick turnaround after last week's cancel. Fighting off. uh, I can't really. I'm going to. Butcher this guy's name, man. Um, uh, gosh, Ye- oh, boy, Youssef Zalal. Zalal. How you want to go with that? Z- Zalal. Yousef Zalal. <laughs> Basically, to pick him this point, still love Jordan Griffin. Um, yeah. At a pick him, but that's not a that's not a play. And I just I just want to throw that out there because I'm I'm high on the Jordan Griffin train right now. Um, but I'm just—I just wanted to say that, just for the sake of talking. Two plays: Dustin Poirier, Dan Hooker over. Maury Screen, John Volante under. Underdog watch for Mickey Gall, and prelim parlay action for those who are brave. Sean Woodson, Violent Bob Ross, and Philippe Lins. Dude, that's—that's that's hot right there. It's hot. That's it, man. That's how we're doing it. All right, you got anything else, dude?
2: That's it. Follow us on all social, punchless, punchless MMA, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you can find us.
1: Yeah, five-star reviews anywhere you do it. Get you automatically entered to win that Manscaped prize pack. Let it happen. Shoot us a DM, comment on our post saying done, and that's all you need. You're in. All right, guys, appreciate you. Talk to you all next week, and hit us up on social media if you have any questions about any prelim fights, main event fights, or anything else going on in the MMA world. Peace out. Be good to each other.